Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's Clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. You, you, you're, you, you're crazy. That's what I think. You're, you're screwing. Crazy? You're crazy. crazy, crazy. I know you are, but what am I? It's making me crazy. crazy. That's crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. What? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm crazy. Crazy. What do these crazy people who speak to you and make no sense say? Crazy. 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 You're driving everyone crazy. You drove your husband crazy and now you're driving me crazy. It did happen just yesterday in crazy town. You go forth and be crazy. What they got the man is that? Now from the Bob and Sherry studios on a crazy Friday, it's Bob and Sherry. Oh, we have such a Friday show for you. We've got the People's Movie Critic with Magic Mike's Last Dance, and Lamar's going to pop in and tell us about his Valentine's Day. Apparently something really went wrong, and I don't know what because he's so good at Valentine's Day. we got a double whammy of true crime time, and I guess because we've all had sort of football on our mind with the Super Bowl and everything, Max came across a really great um, video and audio clip featuring the legendary, I guess he was a quarterback, right, Joe Montana? Yeah, he was Tom yeah. Brady was, before Tom Brady. Was Tom yeah, Brady. he was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Joe Montana, and this is a great little story. Take it away, so, Max. this happened during the Super Bowl. Have you ever watched a football game and you see the quarterback goes over to the sidelines and he picks up a phone and talks to somebody? You're right. saying, okay, yeah, well, he's talking yeah, up to the, I have. Yeah, talking right. to somebody up in the booth, right? Well, this is the story that Joe Montana shares, and this happened during a Super Bowl. No wonder he got the nickname Joe Cool. I don't know what made me do it, but one day I'd hung up, and I'm sitting there going, hmm, I wonder if these things call out. <laughs> so I pick up the phone, and I hit, what, what do you do normally? Hit nine, right? Gives you an outside line. I hit nine. Got a dial tone. I'd my house. And the phone would ring. I'd pick it up, and it'd be Joe. i go, what are you doing? i go, hey, how you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Who is it? is it? What are you doing? Why are you, where are you calling me from? He goes, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to say I love you. And I go, oh, I love you. How are you calling? He goes, they have an outside line. I, I check in every stadium. I go, on the sideline phone. I found out that it calls. <laughs> so I thought I'd give you a call since I'm just sitting here waiting to call in the field. That is the funniest thing. I just love that. During a Super Bowl, didn't you say? Yes, it was during a Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. That is a hoot. God, that is so, so funny. Hey, obviously, he doesn't have a problem with refocusing quickly because he's one of the best of all time. He is the one that also during the Super Bowl and the mic caught him. He's standing there in the huddle and he looks up in the crowd. This is during a Super Bowl and he goes, hey, look, John Candy's up there. <laughs> John Candy heard this and tried to recruit him for his Canadian team when he got towards the end of his career. <laughs> so so um the nickname Joe Cool, I mean, he really was able to compartmentalize like yeah. that. 
Yeah, that's what made him so good. Yeah, he never and not seemed lose to get his ru- focus. Never got ruffled, you know, and that's why he was as good as he was. You know, his his wife must have felt so good once she got beyond being shocked that her famous husband, who is right in the middle of a very important game, thought to call her He's and say of hello. Her. You're thinking of her. I mean, she must have felt pretty cool about that after he hung up. I love that even though it was the Super Bowl and he's the quarterback and he's Joe Montana, his thought in that moment was, I wonder if there's an outside line. <laughs> and then, and once he discovered it at, with his home field, he, he didn't he, he say that he would test it? He tried it at other stadiums. Oh, yes. at, stadiums different, sure, yeah. at different stadiums. Yes. <laughs> I did notice one thing when I was watching the Super Bowl last weekend. You know, they the coaches when they're when they're talking into their headsets, they cover their mouths with a piece of paper. Right. I guess so nobody can read their lips about whatever it is they're saying. Right. Um, I don't know if you caught this, because of course I don't I'm looking at all the wrong things. Kevin always gives me a hard time for looking at all the wrong things during the game. Like instead of looking at the play on the field, I'm looking at like what people are wearing and what the coach is doing and the camera, so they, it was, I think, the Eagles, one of the Eagles coaches, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he puts, he's talking, and I guess he sees the camera coming, and he puts the piece of paper up to cover his mouth, and the cameraman just pivots and shoots him from the side, and it's like, wait a minute, can we, you're not, like, don't do that. I don't, I don't know what you could use to cheat there, but the cameraman knew that they, that he was trying to not have his lips get red and put the camera right around in the side up in his face. You know, I don't think the cameraman was trying to throw the game. I think he was trying to get a shot that was more interesting than just, you know, a half a face with a piece of paper. Um, however, don't you know that um, if if a coach could get a hold of information about the other coach, they would use it. They oh, would yeah, use they it would. in a minute. I don't know the same how. Thing with baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they'd use it or in, or if it, they would get it in time to make any difference, but Come on. When I know that the coach is trying to hide something and keep it a secret, then you should know as the cameraman that the coach is doing that. All right, we got morons in the news coming up. And straight ahead, we're going to check in with the People's Movie Critic because apparently Valentine's Day didn't go for him as he had hoped. Yikes, it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Bob and Cherry Show, and just before we bring on our buddy Lamar in just a moment here, how would you like to go to Florida? Wouldn't that be great? And go with your best friend. It could be your husband, your wife, could be a sibling, or it could be just somebody you grew up with, and the two of you are going to go to Florida. You're going to have a great time. St. Pete Beach. Stay at the Don Cesar Hotel, which is fabulous. You're going to have a dinner cruise on the Yacht Starship Cruises, Dolly Museum tickets, Clearwater Marine aquarium tickets and also round trip airfare for you and your best friend that's right right into tampa and on top of that all a mid-sized renter vehicle rental vehicle for you all you got to do is go to bob and and get lucky sherry now coming up in one hour or so right here on the show the people's movie critic is going to review magic mike's last dance so we uh, we touched base with him early to make sure he was still on board and he said oh I had a Valentine's Day. So we said, come on early and talk about it. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to People's Movie Critic with his very unexpected Valentine's Day surprise. What happened? I I take Valentine's Day very serious, very serious. 
And so I don't go out to eat because it's the worst night in the world to go out to eat. It's tough to get in, you know, and whatever. So I'm making dinner at home. And so I go and order some flowers to have sent to my wife. And since she's a realtor now, she's working from home. So there's nobody to, sh- uh, to try to shame because she got flowers and they didn't except for the dog. So <laughs> that, you miss you miss part of the good part. But right. anyway, oh, yeah. so I go in, I tell them what I want. I say, I'd like to have some lavender roses, you know, da, 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 da. Say, okay, no problem. I pay the people. I take off. About 30 minutes down the road, I get a phone call. They said, we didn't know this, but we're out of lavender roses. And I said, mm, okay. I said, what else you got? She said, we got this, we got this. And she says, we've got some multicolored roses. And I have sent her roses that have a couple of different colors in them before. And I said, okay. I said, this is an iffy thing, though. I I said, so when you say multicolor, I'm asking you. You're looking at them. She goes, yeah. I said, are they pretty? She says, they are absolutely gorgeous. I said, good deal. Take them to the house. And so... A few hours later, I get my text from Carla. She says, thank you so much for the beautiful flowers. And she sends me a picture of them. And she was not home when they delivered, so they put them on the doorstep. And so I open up the picture, and I look, and I'm like, what? (laughs) This was like if you you tie-dyed these roses and put them in a bunch of different dips of color, it looks like maybe... If, if you're a Grateful Dead person, you would want these, okay? It's, it makes you think of a Grateful Dead. I mean, there's 48 colors, and they're bright. Oh, my gosh, they're bright. You can't look <laughs> directly at them. And I'm looking at <gasps> them, and I said, what is wrong with them flowers? And Carla goes, well, no, no, I, I think they're pretty. They're very bright. I said, cut the crap. I said, these are atrocious. They're horrendous. I said, let me let me describe let me describe the colors as best I can, and Sherry will too. Uh, The pink is um, it's electric pink. It's it's not a a soft pink. It's electric. The um, yellow, it's like you're looking at the sun. That's how bright it is. There's some turquoise. They they don't look real. They don't. They don't look look real. real. No, no. How how did they? Are, are are they sprayed in some way, or do I, they actually grow know. like that? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I told Carl, I said, get them in the house. I said, get them in the house. Don't let nobody see them. <laughs> and I said, do not do not put this on Facebook. I don't I don't want to be associated with these flowers. I said, this is ridiculous. Well, they're not that bad. Oh, yeah, they're that bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I went by the next day. I went to the florist. And so I go in, and I got a picture of these. And so the manager comes out. How are you doing? I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. I said, I'm normally not a complainer. And I said, I bought flowers from y'all many times and you do a fantastic job and thank you so much. And I flipped the picture around. I said, but can you tell me what this is? And she sort of looks at them and she goes, well, they're, I mean, is there some, are they not fresh? I said, oh, they're fresh. I said, they're fresh. But what has happened to the colors? And she said, I know they're different aren't they? I said, yes, they're <laughs> way different. She said, young people love these. I, she said, I, I, I don't, I share your opinion when we got them, but we put some out here and she said, we sold completely out. This is mostly young people. I said, young people, are they all vaping with a bun in the back of their head? Young people? What are we doing? I said, I wouldn't send this. I said, I wouldn't send this to my worst enemy. She said, 
Are you saying you're not happy with him? I said, oh, that's an understatement. <laughs> not happy. Not happy. Oh, she's picking up fast, isn't she? She's yeah. picking up she fast. Said, it it looks like an acid trip. I've never been on an acid it trip, is, but it, it looks like a 60s acid trip. They, I told her. They I told look her. tie-dyed. It's crazy and fluorescent. Yeah. Like, it's crazy yeah. looking. I told her, I said, did anybody order these without seeing them? She said, you're the only one. I said, because I assure you, if I could have put my eyes on these, I would have run out screaming out the door. I know. I would have not I would have not got these. She said, you know what? Shame, said, shame no. on her. Honestly, shame on her because they're they're so bright. They're so screamingly yeah. loud that I can see how some people might, you know, like them. Yeah. But yeah. you should, as a florist, <laughs> you should have said, you know, I, I need to tell them exactly what it looks like. Listen, here's my wish, and and it's impossible. I just wish I could have been inside Carla's head when she laid eyes on them for the first time. Yeah, right. She tried to sell it, though. She tried to sell it. She did. I said, go woman, you got there, Lamar. I said, go woman. Go woman. Um, Let's post a picture of them, and then we'll let the people decide, you know, about Lamar's electric Kool-Aid acid trip of a (laughs) Valentine's Day. Okay. All right, people's movie critic, go get your Wheaties because I know you're excited about Magic Mike's Last Dance. Woo! Mm. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Here we go! It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With Morons in the News. A male enhancement pill has been recalled after the capsules were found tainted, tainted with two unapproved drugs. The company, Volt Candy, voluntarily recalled Prime Zen Black 6000. The capsule was found to have compounds that were not safe for the public. The Food and Drug Administration said that these products can cause a significant drop in blood pressure that may be life-threatening. Adult males with diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or heart disease could be at higher risk. Once again, it is called Prime Zen Black 6000, and it has been tainted. And friends, that is what you call tainted love. (laughs) Wow. You you couldn't wait for that, could you? Um, Did you sleep last night at all? Only only reason I did it. So the name of this company is called Uh Volt Candy. Volt Candy, yes. That's the name of the organization that owns it. Yeah. And is that Prime Zen one word or two? Um, Just well, you're awfully interested, we're shopping, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're shopping. Uh, Prime Zen is uh, is one word, but the Z is also capitalized. I see. Yeah. So tell me the truth. How many times last night did you toss and turn giggling to yourself because you could not <laughs> wait to get to morons in the news to do Tain at Love? Don't lie to me. I did. I didn't get a wink. I didn't think you would. I did not think you would. All right, let's go to today. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go to today. I got to tell you, let me talk to the folks. Folks, I really appreciate you listening so much and buying the products from our clients. This is such a great job for me. I mean, I don't know what else I would have done. Over to you, Sherry. (laughs) A marriage proposal on the beach. It just went so wrong. The guy's name is Zay, and he surprised his partner, Sai, by putting together this beautiful kind of picnic of red carpet, candles. It happened in Sydney, Australia. He had a giant sign that says, marry me. He hired an event planner to help him pull it all off. 
and then uh-huh. he had video rolling and you could see it all on video zay getting down on one knee asking sai to spend the rest of her life with him sai saying yes and then losing the ring in the sand oh no oh no 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 oh no cuz it was a little too big too big I, for her. Oh, I bet Sai did more than Sai. You know, I bet she was very upset about that. That's there that, were some. That, yeah. There were some screams. Uh, the video got up on TikTok and, of course, went global worldwide. And the mm-hmm. good news is, I'm not going to leave you in suspense. The good news is, they eventually found the ring, but it took a bit. And that, you know, that was a sick feeling. Sick, sick oh. feeling. You, you know who I think found it? I don't know this, but it's my guess. 14-year-old boy with one of those little mich- the, the metal, metal, metal detectors. Detector. I bet there's one on every beach. Can't wait for you to see the video. We're going to get that posted up right now on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Thank God it was lost on the sand and not in the water. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Your chance of getting that thing back if it drops into the ocean seems way not remote, good. but... Zay and or Zal and Zay and Sai, these names. Zay and Sai, hope they live happily ever after now that they've found their ring. That's it for Morons of the News. Coming up, of course, we have the People's Movie Critic reviewing Magic Mike's Last Dance. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. You know, I just read something about Raquel Welch, the actress who, of course, passed away a couple of days ago. And she was known as a bombshell. People would talk about her as not being a serious actress. And they would, without even knowing, they would say she's kind of a bimbo. She was all about the body and nothing else. But listen to this. This is uh, one of the many, many um, articles about her. U.S. actress Raquel Welch often credited with paving the way for modern-day action heroines in Hollywood films, has died at the age of 82. Um, She appeared in a bikini as a cavewoman in a 1966 movie, One Million Years B.C. And she was in other things, too, but that was the public's image of her. Just nothing but uh, a sexy, curvy woman. But you know what? She got the last laugh because this says she's often credited with paving the way for modern-day action heroines. She wins in the end. She totally wins. She does win. She's an interesting... She and Pamela Anderson are both interesting examples of how in Hollywood, you you have to be beautiful, and they venerate you for that, and then they kick you for it. Yeah. And then if you're not beautiful, then, you know, you're constantly scrutinized to articles about your weight and your love life. I mean, it's just, right. it's, it's almost impossible. And these, these beautiful Hollywood iconic sex symbols, they have tragic stories typically. So good for you, Raquel. Good yeah, you. exactly. And uh, there are so many women, of course, who are starring in Marvel movies as uh, heroines, as superheroes. Yeah. It's just, I, I bet uh, her family is so proud of her for being remembered that way and uh, will be missed. Haven't seen her in a long time. And she appeared on Seinfeld in a very famous episode too, so there's that. I didn't know that. Is oh, that yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh. In fact, she had such a sense of humor about herself because on the episode, she was appearing as Raquel Welch on Broadway and everybody said what a menace she was and how difficult she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's quite a career. It's Bob and Sherry. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Lamar's Movie Review is brought to you by Progressive. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic and his take on Magic Mike's Last Dance. Hey, Lamar. Hey, if you're asking, is there a need for a third Magic Mike movie? Well, since the other two made $285 million and they're fairly cheap to make, the studio would say, yes, there certainly is. And I'm also sure that the millions of ladies that bought tickets to see Channing Tatum Tatum and company dance and strip, they wouldn't complain until they watched this movie. And Channing only dances briefly. But luckily... There are a bunch of unknown great dancers, and the choreography is fantastic, and I only wish I could say the same for the plot. The movie opens explaining that Mike has stopped stripping, and he's opened a furniture store, which is his last dream, and it was doing really well until COVID hit. So now he's out of business, and he's bartending to make a living. Now, the job he's on is this big fundraiser, and it's put on by an extremely rich Maxandra Mendoza, who's played by Salma Hayek. And one of her employees, as she's getting the drink, she recognizes Mike from a stripogram that he delivered to her at her bachelor party. And she mentions this to Maxandra. And just like any other wealthy philanthropist that has a hard day mingling with donors, raising money, sipping champagne, and is stressed out over the impending divorce she's got coming up, she summons the stripper slash bartender to come and give her a dance. Needless to say, she gets a little bit more of a dance than she was bargaining for. Let me go ahead and say it truly was awesome. So awesome, in fact, she offers him a job as a director of his own dance show in London. And the theme is pro-woman, as in women should be able to get exactly what they want. So they immediately take the private jet and go. This may be the most jacked up, unbelievable, (laughs) most forced meet cute in movie history. Okay. I watch a lot of Dateline, a lot of Dateline. And if this was an episode from Dateline, Josh Mankiewicz would be interviewing Channing about how did Alexandra's fortune wind up in your bank account and her severed head was found in a trash can at a rest area, and there's two <laughs> drops of her blood on your shoe. Go figure. Okay? And, right. and, and, I mean, 
but 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 let's face it. We're not here for the plot. We're here to see men who haven't had a carb or a glass of water in three weeks take off all of their clothes and do important, and it is impossible gyrations with their body. The, the story itself revolves around Max. She likes to be called Max, by the way, getting revenge on her husband by putting on this show in a famous London theater that his family owns. All of this is background noise to the true question. Do Max and Mike love each other or is this just business? The movie is an hour and 52 minutes. It's rated R for sexual material and language. Sadly, ladies, there is no nudity in this movie. The dancers only take their shirts off, although Channing does go down to his boxer briefs once. And I, I sort of, I'm sitting there thinking, this story is so lame, but the dancing, it was great. I mean, and the last dance is done in the rain, which is really, really cool. So I turned to Carla and I said, what do you think about the story? And the reply I got was, what story? <laughs> I, I pointed out that we had no idea of who the stage full of shirtless, gyrating dancers that we were watching. We didn't know who they were. And all I got was, I don't care. Shut up. So if the plot is not important and you're okay with not seeing Channing Tatum's bare butt and most of the dancing being done by a variety of shirtless, hot, muscular men, then this is a great movie for you. For me personally, a decapitated head in Josh Mankiewicz, it could have really helped a lot. My score is three butts. Three butts. Three butts. Three butts. Can I apologize to you on behalf of the entire Bob and Sherry enterprise that you have a job that required you to keep track of how many times Channing Tatum was in his underwear? That's not right. It's not. Hardworking Budweiser man like yourself. That ain't right. All right. Three buds for Magic Mike's Last Dance. We'll be back with more of the People's Movie Critics straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. We are back in the Bob and Sherry show with Lamar, the People's Movie Critic. And uh, most of our audience, I think, is either at work or in their car or whatever. But uh, live with uh, Kelly and Ryan, they had a big announcement yesterday. You probably heard about it by now. Anyway, this is what it sounded like. So, so, Kelly and I have some news here. This is something that uh, she and I have been talking about for a long time. And it, it was a tough, tough decision. Uh, last year, we spoke, and I made the decision to make this my last season as co-host with Kel here on Live with Kelly and Ryan, which is bittersweet. I get you it. Know? No, I mean, listen, you uh, uh, are a gem you are one of my best friends. And I said, like, the greatest part of this entire experience has been that you've gone from being a, f- a friend to a family member. I feel you that are, way. You are I, family I feel that way us. about both of us. Yeah. It's, uh, it's remarkable to be able to sit in this chair. So what I plan to do is once American Idol starts from Los Angeles live later in the spring, I'll head out to the West Coast and host that show, the 21st season of American Idol from Los Angeles. And... You're not getting rid of me because, Gelman, yeah. I'm coming back to guest host yes. and fill in right here in this chair. But I have to say uh, to, to you as a, as a dear friend coming in, but as a best friend, you know, in this moment, to have your kindness, your thoughtfulness, your levity. 
Okay, so we, we got the whole idea there. I, I think it's because he never really enjoyed working in New York. And uh, he has, I mean, you put on the TV and about two or three of the movies you might be watching. There was one the other night Mary was watching. It was horrible. He was the producer. So he has become like the new Dick Clark. And, you know, most of the business is in Los Angeles. He did it uh, for Lamar. seven years, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hey, he did it for hey, seven let me, years. Let me ask Lamar. As a man who went to a movie with a notepad to count how many times he saw Channing Tatum in his underwear, Lamar, if you were co-hosting live with Kelly Ripa, would you ever leave? It would take two black helicopters and a SWAT team to pull me off of that stool. I would no fight them like kidding. a cat being put in a whirlpool. No, 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 I wouldn't give that gig up. You, you know what I think? You know what I think the other reason is? I think that show does not have the same mojo that it did a few years ago. Um, from what I, I'm hearing about ratings and all, and Ryan Seacrest has become a very savvy showbiz guy, and I think he sees that perhaps that is not quite as bright a light as it used to be. Well, people are not watching television. There's a lot of competition huh? yeah. now. Yeah, 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 and people are watching television in a different way. And and you and, know what? Uh, I don't watch that show, but Mary does occasionally. And I'll, if I'm going in the other room uh, during a break or whatever, I'll just you know I'll watch for a minute or two. She, I think she was the funny one. I think she was the one that drove that thing. She, she put her life out there and him, not so much. I don't think he was uh, as comfortable having to be that open about his life. Her real life husband is stepping into the chair. And I think that's genius. I don't know what I y'all do too. think. Oh yeah, I do too. Especially, I mean, she's had what three guys, this will be the fourth, her husband, uh, as a co-host. Remember when uh, Michael um, Strahan, Strahan, Strahan. Mike, yeah. I just saw him in the Super Bowl, Michael Strahan. And, and when he bailed, she was ticked off because he blindsided her with that. She was really ticked off. Well, he bailed for Good Morning America. Right. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. I'm not criticizing him, know. but she felt that she was blindsided. Nobody gave her a heads up on that thing. I think she's terrific on that show. And I think, yeah, I think you're right, Sherry. I think her husband will do a good job. The two of them, I mean, she's always talking about him. They're always, you know, posting he's, photographs he's of them show, in bathing suits. He's a showbiz guy. It's not yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's not yeah. like like Kevin or, or Mary or Carla coming in where they're like, oh, I don't even want to listen to you, much less go host show with you. <laughs> but... But he's a, you know, he's an actor and a performer himself, and he's incredibly yeah. funny and charming. I think it'll work. I do. Yeah, it is a lot harder to do that show than host American Idol. With American Idol, you're an announcer. With that show, you got to be a real personality and interact oh, yeah. with one performer that you don't know, in many cases, after another. Well, That's a harder and job. And he was, he was commuting from L.A. That's it. I mean, Even I, if you got the money you know, to do it, it, it's still a drag to have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Right. I get it. All right. Well, so. three buds for Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yep. And Kelly Ripa, you heard the People's Movie Critic. If your husband doesn't work out, I'm here's a man. guy that'll be I'm with you till the here's end. your guy. Yeah. <laughs> Straight ahead. Everyone needs a laugh with comedian Corey Edwards. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry 22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry 22. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Corey Edwards. I do like sharing movies with my kids, movies I grew up with, classic movies. That's always fun. I like the sound of music. Oh, it's a great movie. 
But I have discovered that the movies we watch, it's a different experience the older we get, right? Like if you watch The Sound of Music in your 20s when you're single, like my attitude was like, go for it, Maria, sing on that mountaintop and set those children free. Make them close out of curtains, hurrah. And a couple decades later, I'm watching that movie and I think, you know, that Captain Von Trapp, he really kept those kids in line. <laughs> I mean, they did whatever he told them to do. Great. Maybe I should wear a whistle around my neck. I don't know. The Wizard of Oz, that is adorable to show tiny children, right? Oh, man. But now my kids are teenagers and they're asking a lot more questions. We watched it again recently. And you know, Dorothy drops that house on that witch in Oz, and then she comes out in the movie, all the munchkins come out to sing to her. Welcome, welcome. You know, the, uh, the mayor sings a solo, uh, the lollipop guild, they sing a solo, and then they give a whole solo to the coroner. <laughs> if you remember. As coroner, I must have her, I thoroughly examined her. Oh, really? He's got a document and everything. Thoroughly examined, would you take a pulse of the two feet sticking out of the house before they curled up like rotten carrots? And so my kids are asking, uh, what is a coroner, Dad? And I said, well, uh, that is someone who is, works full-time for the city and shows up at any homicide to determine the cause of death. So, like, we all get to talking like, well, if Munchkinland has a full-time coroner, there's a lot more homicide going on in Munchkinland than we knew about. I mean, there is crime. That means there's got to be cops working those little yellow streets. Munchkin cops. That's the show I want to see. Munchkin cops. Dewdrop, McGillicuddy, get in here. I want your gun and your badge. You're done. <laughs> the only thing longer than the arm of the law are their twirly, twirly mustaches. <laughs> we know they have an army, the Munchkin army. We see them when the, when the parade comes out for Dorothy. It's like 50 little guys in uniforms with little rifles, and they're marching in a straight line. But as an army, they are awful. They are terrible, because when the Wicked Witch of the West shows up, first thing these guys do, watch the movie, they just lay down on the ground. <laughs> prostrate on the ground, just like everybody else. They throw their guns aside, just like we practice, boys. <laughs> it's a terrible defense. And the mayor's still singing. As mayor of the Munchkin City, hey, stop singing, mayor, because this day is a fiasco. You've got two witches in town, you've got a death on your street, terrible military. This is, this is bad for election day. You're going to have a whole smear campaign against you. The mayor of the Munchkin City is soft on witches, soft on crime, and soft on house-dropping tornado girls from the sky. Hi, I'm Henry Mushroom III, and I'm running for mayor. I'll stop those house-dropping tornado girls from the sky. When I put on my giant flower-shaped hat, I go to work. Lady and the Tramp, that's another really cute movie to show kids, right? It's adorable. It's so romantic, right? Because... Those two characters are dogs. If they were people, that'd be the creepiest romance we could possibly watch. It's not a good relationship for people. Like, hey, lady, I heard you met someone. Yeah, 
he's a homeless guy. <laughs> he just got out of the joint. We met while we were running from the cops. <laughs> he calls himself the tramp, so. Oh, did he take you to a nice restaurant? Well, not inside the restaurant, per se. More like behind it in an alley. And we ate out of the same bowl. He's a keeper. Comedian Corey Edwards. We will post that up at P-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And while you're there... Watching Corey's set, you can submit a picture of you and your BFF so that you can win a Florida fly, fly away for you and your bestie. We're going to fly you to Tampa, hook you up with a rental car, put you up at the Don Cesar Resort Hotel, aquarium tickets, yacht cruise dinner, you and your bestie getting a little time away. B O B A N D S H E R I dot com. This is Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Hey, I am looking for um, a programmer or a hacker that can block WebMD and all health-related sites on the internet from my daughter's phone and computer. Mm -hmm. Um, In the past several days, um, she's had pulmonary edema, which of course she did not have because WebMD told her she had it, but what she actually had was a cold, like just a very, very (laughs) severe cold. Now... Um, when my daughter is spiraling on um, internet diagnosed health problems, she has no sense of humor. So when she called me and said, something's wrong with my neck, there's a big knot in it. I said, it is your twin. <laughs> like Aunt Vula in my big fat yeah. Greek wedding. Yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. Oh my God. Could I have a twin in my neck? Honey, you don't have a twin in your neck. <laughs> That's a joke. You have a, a muscle knot from being hunched over your laptop at school. But what if it is my twin? I'm so sorry I said anything. I'm going to wash my own mouth out with soap. I said, you cannot Google your symptoms like this. Anyone who Googles, if you Google tired, heavy eyes, 10 minutes later, you're giving your possessions away because you have a brain tumor, okay? Okay. You cannot Google basic symptoms. It comes no. back with craziness. Well, you know what they're doing? The uh, website is covering itself so it doesn't get sued. So, it, you know, if you have uh, a headache, it could be, uh, okay, tension. It could be tension, okay? But if they just say that and somebody's head, uh, somebody has a stroke or something, uh, oh, they were looking at WebMD and they didn't say anything about the stroke. They, they're covering their bases and putting everything under the sun. The only thing that works is um, she'll tell me what her symptoms are, and I will tell her, oh, it's probably something it could never be. Gosh, mm-hmm. that sounds so much like Hansen's disease. What's Hansen's disease? <laughs> well, the other name for it is leprosy. But, you know, have you handled an armadillo? Well, you know I don't have leprosy. Oh, you also don't have a twin in your neck or foam in your lungs or whatever. So yeah, if anyone knows how to do that, hit me up at bobandsherry.com. This is Bob and Sherry.
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob's Small Plates is brought to you by the 2023 Nissan Aria and Leaf. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Uh, Little stories from around the USA and the world that you may have missed. And I am going to break my own rule and use a word that I absolutely hate. And that rule is we're going to talk about adulting. That's right. In a couple of these small plates, what is what is the most, according to uh, psychologists, what is the most important achievement that you should make by the time you turn fifty? The most important achievement in adulting right. by the time you right. turn fifty mm-hmm. could be a lot of different things. Could be financial. Could be satisfaction from hobbies. What do you think it is? You've stopped blaming your parents for all of your miseries. That no, no that that never ends. <laughs> that never oh, ends. Okay. So you, you don't even bring that one up. You know what it is? It's a happy marriage and or relationship. It's oh, a happy. So let's let's just say we're going to talk to the people who are married. <laughs> it's it's a happy marriage. That is the most important achievement by the time you turn fifty. A third of us who have reached the uh, age of fifty put blissful wedlock at the top of the list. Now, if you're a person that, you know, you just didn't want to get married, but you want to have a relationship, the same thing would apply for you. That is followed by having, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm almost choking looking at this, having a (laughs) retirement plan with a great pension. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck with that. But uh, I think it's interesting that uh, that is at the top of the list. Somebody once said to me the most important thing he ever did, a very successful business person, was to uh, pick the right person to to marry and, and being picked by her. Because if you don't have that right person in your head all day long is, I wonder what she's doing, I wonder what he's doing, why did she talk to me that way, blah, blah, blah. It wastes so much time, so much time. So if you don't have that, you can concentrate on the other things, whether it's hobbies or or making a living, right? So good luck to everybody. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of people listening right now that are approaching uh, 50. Here's the second adulting small plate here. Seven out of 10 people who are adults say that owning a home is the most difficult part of being an adult. And it's because we are confused The most confusing financial homeowner terms are as follows. What is home equity? What is capital appreciation? How does a mortgage work? What is a bridge loan? And how does interest work? Now, 
Because I have owned approximately 97 homes, I know about all of that stuff. But my daughter and her husband are very well-educated people. And the whole idea of what is a home equity loan, what is a capital appreciation, how does a mortgage, what's a bridge loan and all of that, they don't have a clue because they've been focused on, you know, their careers. Um, I, even if, even though I kind of know what those things are, I'm glad there isn't going to be a test because I'm not sure I'd ace it because <laughs> I kind of know what they are, you know? Well, you know, the great thing about home equity loans is that you can write off the interest. You know, sometimes you say, oh, I want to pay off this house and put everything on this house. And there are financial advisors that will say, you know, maybe you want to hold back uh, or take out a home equity loan for a car for if you're you know, lucky enough to have a swimming pool or something like that. Uh, capital appreciation, of course, is, you know, your, the, uh, the house is going up in value as you've owned it. I think most people know how to, you know, deal with a mortgage, except I have never known anybody. If you've been at a closing for a house, I have never known anyone who read all of those pages. Is there going to be a test? Because if there's going to be a test, I'll read the pages. But if I'm going to be allowed to just leave with the keys, I'm going to remain ignorant if that's okay. I think most of us do. It's tiny print and it's like a hundred pages. Well, that's an exaggeration, but there's probably 50 pages in there. I, I've, I've closed on so many houses and it's just, just sign here, just sign here, just sign here. And you're saying to yourself, you know, really, what am I signing? But you got to get out of there. If you were to sit there and read that all day long, you know, you'd still be there. Um, I'll just, let Brit- me say this to the people to make them feel better. You don't understand what these things are. It's kind of, you're feeling a little queasy right now. The military is shooting UFOs out of the sky. My guess is there's nothing to worry about in terms of your mortgage. There you go. We have other things we might need to worry about. But um, if the giant talking, praying mantis people from Xenon are here, probably not an issue too much with the mortgage truth and lending statement. What do you think? And especially if it's a bridge loan, just don't worry about that at all. Don't and, even uh, and, and finally interest, I, interest is, uh, you know, you're, you're paying the bank first and then you get to pay on the actual house about 30 years from the time you sign. So it's a wonderful thing to be an adult. And if you're uh, a young person just going into the world, welcome and good luck to you. At Small Plates, this is Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. What do we have to look forward to? Let's consult our goddess of the stars, Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Good, oh, thank fabulous. you. Just living yeah. the dream. So what's, what's in <laughs> store for the near future? What are you seeing? Well, what I'm seeing. So it is about to be Pisces season. So this one... We're going to get some really out there developments and changes where we're all usually relying on tradition because, you know, beliefs and habits that we've subscribed to that have proven to work previously just don't fit in with the emerging culture anymore. So there are big changes afoot for every single sign. We've got Aries seriously reconsidering career options right now, and they may actually get some really helpful advice for someone this week on how to take a very specific next step. If you're an Aquarius, the big changes for an Aquarius is going to be that 
you guys have been procrastinating on something that you should have been way more disciplined with so it's kind of a big get it together from the stars today and finish the unfinished stuff because life is really about to change big time for your sign that sounds exhausting um, i'm glad i'm not an aquarius <laughs> bob oh kevin Kevin is an Aquarius, and he's been oh, procrastinating right? like his second grade art project. So we've got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> well, you guys She's wait right until I get up. to wait until I get to Virgo and Capricorn because you're not free <laughs> of all the pressure. That's for sure. Uh-oh. I mean, for for Leos, they probably have one of the simplest ones this week, and it's just do more cardio. It's not the most fun horoscope at all, but you know, your bones are clicking, you're less flexible, but you need to get, you know, pound in the pavement or the treadmill. Right, um, right. Pisces, guys, it's just not fun. Um, you know, your friends are, friends are otherwise occupied and this is your birthday season, so it should be a lot more fun. There is like a little bit of uh, self-development for Pisces right now. Stop trash talking yourself, remember your own value and just kind of sail along. Um, which is not something that can be said for Capricorn and Virgo right now. Capricorn and Virgo, there's no sailing along. There is um, like an important meeting coming up. Um, Mm -hmm. This life plan comes into focus at like 100 miles an hour. Suddenly something that was really blurry and didn't make too much sense is going to be crystal clear very soon. And Mm -hmm. specifically with a Virgo, I would recommend advising you to like get someone you trust as a second opinion go back and forth with another person who is like your bff or your you know go-to because Mm -hmm. there's some really serious um dynamics coming up with signing something and you really want to be on the money with that oh my god i hope it's not another house that's the only thing i I don't want to sign on that okay that's up for me you have to understand that for bob Houses sneak up on him. Like, he's not even in the market for one, yeah. and then he's buying one. So, yeah, yeah. this is a oh. real danger. Real right. Danger. Well, okay. I could I could see that happening. Like, maybe that's why you need to get the second opinion and say, like, yeah. hey, do I really need another? <laughs> I, I know where to get it, too. All right, go on. <laughs> so, another person or another sign, sorry, that's going to be dealing with home stuff. We're looking at, like, Libra and Gemini. Um, Libra dealing with the home is going to be more about food, money, taking care of business, um, you know, irrespective of gender, Libra is going to be the boss in the house at the moment. Uh, but a Gemini, they're tying up loose ends. So not quite procrastinating, but they've been doing a lot of stuff that needs fixing right now with some possible mm-hmm. pending travel coming up too. And just finishing up, we have Scorpio, uh, an important conversation with a sibling. Don't skip on that. Oh, and Taurus yeah. has <laughs> family stuff. Um, Taurus with a moral issue or a legal issue taking all of their attention and a Sagittarius who isn't really the biggest homebody but they might actually find something within their home that they previously thought they had lost Uh, sanity is included in that actually for that sign (laughs) (laughs) and Cancers on the edge of a big life change a partnership is coming or a collaboration that you should go into full speed what so, I've yeah, noticed here, just, just listening, what I've noticed is people would rather have um, a really big legal challenge than to talk to their brother or sister. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's what that seems is, to be coming through. <laughs> it does. It, loud and clear. Loud and clear. <laughs> well, Charlie, thank you so much. We'll get this thank all posted guys. up at um, bobandsherry.com and on the Bob and Sherry Facebook 
And coming up for you next, true crime time. Oh, this woman, what this woman did is so evil that it's like the plot of a James Bond movie. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I couldn't believe this when the story first broke and she's been found guilty. International fugitive Russian dominatrix Victoria Nazrova has been found guilty of seven of the ten charges against her. She tried to murder her doppelganger who was an eyelash technician that did Victoria's lashes and she tried to murder her with poisoned food, and it wasn't her first murdery rodeo either. So it's an interesting thing because this this Russian dominatrix, a um, very beautiful woman, happens to be almost a dead ringer for her victim, the eyelash technician. Mm. So they, you know, she would go get her eyelashes done, and they struck up a kind of a friendship, and um, the uh, dominatrix texts her on the phone and, and says, hey, you know, I know you're not feeling well. Um, I, let, me, let me bring something over, right? So she comes over and she says, this cheesecake is from the best bakery in Boston. And then the dominatrix uh, proceeds to wolf down two pieces of it. And then she serves the, the eyelash lady, her, her victim, a piece as well. 20 minutes later, the woman is vomiting. And she spent the entire night sick in bed, but she didn't really think anything of it because her friend, the dominatrix, had eaten two pieces of the cheesecake and didn't get sick at all. So she so didn't she make dismissed the connection. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the next day, the dominatrix calls and, and says, are you feeling any better today? Mm-hmm. And, our, and the woman says, no, if anything, I feel worse. So the dominatrix says, I'm pr- I am coming over with some homemade chicken soup. <laughs> and the woman slipped into ate it and slipped into a coma. She was found wearing a nightgown with pills scattered all over the bed. Prosecutors said that the dominatrix tried to make it look like a suicide. Wow, she used evil. a drug called finazepam, which is from which was developed in the Soviet Union in the seventies. It's mm-hmm. a sedative, but too much of it can kill you. Well, she mm-hmm. didn't calculate the dose right, thank God, because the woman spent three days in the hospital. And as she began to recover, she said that her friend, in quotes, was going through her house. She took, the dominatrix took cash, her victim's passport, clothes, jewelry, all of which she sold. And now the eyelash friend is really suspicious. Like, wow, this is where there's this much smoke. There's got to be some fire. So they, they, you know, ran blood panels and everything. And they found that she had been dosed heavily on this strange Russian sedative. Well, this woman, this dominatrix, who's going to be sentenced in March and she's staring down about 25 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, Remember when I told you she was also an international fugitive Mm-hmm. Well, back in 2019, she pleaded guilty in a different case where she'd been charged with larceny 
um, allegations that she'd been drugging and robbing men that she met on dating apps. And if you think that's bad, her worst crimes took place before she ever made it to the U.S. She um, is allegedly guilty of murdering her neighbor, a brutal, gruesome murder, and then fleeing the country and hiding in plain sight in New York. Um, she was able to, how did she get out of Russia after they, she was wanted for murder. They had a warrant out for her for murder. She seduced a cop and apparently she was so good at it that the cop covered up for her and lied for her. And that's how wow. she got out of the country. But she comes to the U.S. and she tries doing her stuff here and she gets caught over and over again. And then when she tried to kill her own eyelash technician and steal her identity because she knew that Interpol was after her, she got sloppy and she got busted. And now she's facing 25 years in prison. What an evil person. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the police, the, the, New York, the New York Police Department chief of detectives said, this is a con artist. She meets people online through dating sites. She drugs them, takes their property and flees. She makes herself into whatever it is you need her to be. And she is very, very good at lying. But we got her. And that this is, is a movie. today's episode. Oh, yeah. This is a movie. Yeah. You know who could play yeah. her? In all seriousness, Catherine Zeta-Jones. She, she has right that age? kind of dark exotic. Yeah. Yeah. She's got yeah. that kind of dark exotic beauty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Straight ahead. I have something for you. We all love Pharrell, right? Who doesn't love Pharrell? Would you like to buy Pharrell's house in Beverly Hills? Well, it's up for sale. I want to tell you about it. And some of the comments that appeared on Zillow over Pharrell's house. It's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. I guess it was about two or three years ago. I just got into checking towns that I used to live in when I was a kid and seeing if I knew any of the houses were for sale. Because with Zillow, you know, you can take a look at all these houses and go, oh, that's where my friend Andy used to live. It's for how much? Wow. They want that much for it? I was in that house. It wasn't worth that much. And so I go over to Zillow every once in a while. And online, there is a group of people who post their favorite Zillow pictures. And these are, you know, houses that are bizarre or just off the track as far as um, luxury Zillow. goes. Is this Zillow gone wild? Yeah, it's, well, there are Zillow three or four of them. That's one of them. You know, like somebody has a seven-room house and every room is painted pink. Right. And it's a pink uh, shag carpeting, you know, something like that. It's a real estate agent's nightmare. I am looking at the listing in Beverly Hills by the great and talented Pharrell. And there's a picture of Pharrell right there. His house, I'm going to do the best I can to describe it to you. It is all glass. The entire house is glass. It looks like it's three stories the uh, main living room area, I guess, this just an exterior, looks like the atrium to a really big bank. And again, three stories, nice shrubbery out in the front. It's in Beverly Hills. It's on the market for $17 million. So again, when you look at this, it bears no resemblance to a residence. Three stories of glass. And the first comment on Zillow is... This man live in a community college. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Seventeen million. Look, That's a starter home in in Beverly I Hills. I, in some parts of Beverly Hills, yeah, but it doesn't. It really doesn't look like Beverly Hills. But once again, he's another one of these celebrities. There's something going on out there selling their houses. It's something. It's Bob and Cherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com. Com code radio 10. Okay, so it's Friday and you're looking forward to the weekend. Let me address mostly just the folks that work Monday through Friday, right? And then you have the weekend off. This is an article that I just read. Let me see, where was it? Stylist, whatever that is, they sent it to me. It's a career sort of publication. Just listen to this and see if this is you and what you can do about it. You've already planned to enjoy a leisurely morning in bed. It's Sunday. You're just going to lie in bed. But you bolt awake at 6 a.m. Your head is already full of a running to-do list of everything you'll need to do to take care of work when you go back to work Monday. You try to ignore the creeping sense of dread that you have in your head. And you watch TV. But that doesn't work. It spreads like toxic ivy wrapping around your throat. You open your laptop and try to at least clear some of your inbox ahead of tomorrow. But that doesn't sort it all out. At bedtime, you toss and turn, racked by the anxiety of what Monday will bring. These are, and we've talked about them before in the Bob and Sherry show, these are the Sunday scaries. And we've all been there. For many of us, myself included, it began back in middle school when you realized It's going to be Monday, and I've got to get on that bus once again. You keep coming up with things that are coming your way. A meeting. How can I I get away from this? Well, the woman who is writing this said she she started planning bare minimum Mondays. I (laughs) I started implementing bare minimum Mondays in March of last year. She's a videographer, and she's in Phoenix. It actually came from a video I made on a whim when I was feeling overwhelmed by the amount of work I assigned myself on that specific Monday. I picked up my phone, and I said, this video is permission to do the absolute bare minimum today. And I captioned it, welcome to bare minimum Monday, without realizing at the time how monumental that moment was for me. I've immolated, I've implemented BMM every single Monday since. And here's an explanation. It does not mean giving up entirely and doing nothing each morning, no, each Monday morning. That would be not good. That would mean the end of your job, probably. Instead, it's about giving yourself permission to do absolutely essential work tasks on the first day of a new week and nothing more. I just realized that I've been doing bare minimum Mondays, most of my life. Look at you ahead of the trend. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm never ahead of the trend. (laughs) Finally. You're the only one this is a shock to. (laughs) 
immediately. It kind of hurts my feelings. Does it? Oh, no. I'm trying to be honest here, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to help others here, and this is what I get. I get criticism on it. for honesty, for honesty and trying to help. This is what I get. This is what you get. You know what? You're probably yeah, used well. to that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. In certain circumstances, I am. So I just thought I would pass that along to our listeners that, you know, on Sunday to get rid of the Sunday scaries, just say to yourself, bare minimum Monday. Okay. Now, <laughs> if something bad happens, you know, what can I say? Everybody's job is different. So you got to be careful with this sort of thing. And for heaven's sakes, don't announce it to anybody at the office. Right. Um, I'm just afraid that if I start doing bare minimum Mondays, that's going to lead on into two tired Tuesdays, <laughs> followed by what the Wednesday, the gateway okay, to the well, weekend, yeah. and then it's Friday again. <laughs> wet blanket cherry, wet blanket cherry. You know, I think we've got some good ideas going here and you're just bringing it way down. So there you go, folks. From me to you. Enjoy. <laughs> it's Bob and Jerry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. This is a story about karma and symmetry and justice. This is the story of Troy Leon Gregg. So back in uh, November 1973, Troy Gregg was 25 years old and he was hitchhiking in Florida with another guy, a 16-year-old dude named Floyd Allen. And they were picked up by a couple of other men named Fred Simmons and Bob Moore. Well, they were in the car for a really long time. And at some point during the drive, the car broke down. Now, the first detail in this, you're going to be like, what? And I, I can't tell you everything you're going to want to know. But when the car broke down, one of the guys in it, Fred Simmons, said, let's just buy another car because he had enough cash on him to buy another used car. So they didn't like get it fixed. He literally bought another car Hmm. and the four travelers continued on their way. The two men, the two hitchhikers, and they eventually picked up another hitchhiker named Dennis Weaver, not the actor famous for the seventies TV show, McLeod BTW. (laughs) Anywho, um, so they're driving around, and about 11 o'clock at night, they're passing through the city of Atlanta. And uh, Dennis Weaver says, I'll, I'll get out here. So they let him off. Meanwhile, um, Troy and the other guy, Floyd, continue, and they decide at some point that they're going to pull over and get some sleep. It's been a long day of driving. It's been a mm-hmm. long, weird day because it started off with the car breaking down, and then, oh, let's just buy a new car. <laughs> the 70s. I'm telling you, that was one of the craziest, most lawless decades. So now they're pulled over outside of Atlanta, and um, they're going to take a little nap, and something went sideways. And Troy says that Fred punched him in the face and knocked him into a drainage ditch, and he he had something in his hand. It could have been a knife or a pipe. He said, but when he came at me the second time, I shot him. Troy tried to argue that he shot him in self-defense, but his hitchhiking buddy Floyd kind of gave a different story and, um, and said that it was about a robbery. Long story short, whoever, whichever one of these guys is telling the truth, when the bodies are found, they doesn't take them long to find Troy. Troy has the gun that was used to kill the two men. Bullets matched everything, blah, blah, blah. He gets convicted of the murders. He's given the death penalty. <clears throat> Fast wow. forward 
to July 28, 1980. Troy Gregg, along with three other men convicted of murder, disguised themselves as correction officers and escaped the Georgia State Prison. Hmm. And that very night, the night that Troy Gregg escaped death row dressed up as a prison guard, mm-hmm. he was murdered. <gasps> so he was due to die the next day of yeah. the death penalty. He escaped and was murdered that night. Alanis Morissette, you missed one. What are the odds? I know. And the only the only reason that this that his name is even remembered by history, I kind of came across this when I was reading about um the death penalty he which you know i do sometimes for fun like if it's a nice day out and i don't have anything else going on i'll just read about the death penalty but well like everyone his case i mean his case was like at the center of the supreme court's arguments around the death penalty and it had a lot to do with you know conflicting testimony and blah Uh blah blah but long story short he was condemned to die and he was like, I don't think so. You are not going to execute me. He escaped and died anyway, which makes you wonder all sorts of things like, I guess yeah. that was his time. And one way yeah, or the other, destiny. the Grim Reaper, yeah, yeah was, was going to get him. Come collect. Mm-hmm. So that part of the story, you would think that that would be the part of the story that I would have fixated on. Like, what are the mm-hmm. chances? Mm-hmm. But you know what my mind cannot let go of is, oh, this car broke down. Let's just go buy another one. Like, yeah. Who outside of a gangster Has movie acts cash. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Who would have that cash on them too? Yeah. Well, and, you're exactly and you right. can tell how different the world must have been um, in the 1970s because mm-hmm. you can have cash right now, Bob Lacey, you could have a barrel of cash and walk into a car dealership and they're still going to have you there all day. <laughs> you ain't getting out That's of there. That's true. And and you know what the cr- truth is? Uh, they probably won't take the cash. Maybe in the 70s, they would take the cash, especially at a used car lot. But but a reputable dealer would not take the cash. Apparently in the 70s, like absolutely anything was possible. Yeah. Anything you could, you know, the, oh, the car broke down. I think it's just the battery. Yeah, screw it. Let's go buy another one. Let's just leave it. I know, I know. Well, look at your first car. Your first, wasn't your first car when it broke down? Your father said, well, just leave it. And you just left it somewhere? My father traded that car in a drug deal. It had no title. You couldn't register it or insure it. It was, it was a giant paperweight. But of course, being, you know, father of the year, he handed me the keys and said, there you go. Try not to get pulled over. You don't have any papers on this. And when it broke down, yeah. Yeah, you just left it somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. And got a new car. Yeah. Well, no, that was the part that didn't happen. I took, I got a subway pass. Yeah, I didn't get a new car. Uh, But there you go. Sometimes when when it's your time, it's your time. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. So what was the deal? We're talking about everybody's big moment when it was really on the line. You had to step up and get it done or at least try to. What was yours? Well, me and a couple of buddies of mine were out drinking one night, and uh, we got the right idea to uh, check out somebody's camp down next to the lake. And, uh, well, 
we ended up stealing a firearm, and I ended up getting shot from it. <laughs> you who shot you, Jack? Uh, I did surprisingly. You, you shot, shot yourself. yourself. Yes. Where did you shoot yourself, Jack? Um, just to the left of my belly button. You're lucky you didn't kill yourself. Or even worse. Yeah. Well, the ironic thing is, um, obviously I ended up in the hospital, and uh, one of my attending nurses, I started dating her. That's Jack, how you Jack, met... are, you, are you fighting your way out of a grave? Uh, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a really bad connection Jack, there. Are you telling me that's how you met your wife? Yes. Oh. That's exactly how I met my wife. Your, your, your wife was attending to you after you almost blew your you-know-what off. Yes. You must be and she one you. special guy. You must be. Or she's a special woman. Jack, was it because you became a local celebrity after the shooting? Maybe. So, uh, this be- was covered by the news? Yes. Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was all over the state. So, Jack, you um, let me make sure I understand. You were drunk? With you his were, buddies. You were trespassing, and you shot yourself with a stolen gun. Correct. And you still persuaded a nurse to marry you. Yes. You're the most amazing man we've had on the show in a long time. What did the bullet go through? What part of your body? Your stomach? Well, it went down through my stomach and then entered the top of my leg and tore all the way down through the tendon and bounced off my kneecap. Oh, a human pinball machine. Good golly. He does anything stupid from now, and she says, you're so stupid, you go, you know, hey. You, you knew, knew I married you. You knew it. Yeah, exactly. How long have you two been married now? We've been married for, it'll be a year in May. Did you um, keep any of the news reports about your uh, self-inflicted gunshot wound? No, we didn't. They're all over the internet, though. Did they you get, are? We're going to find them yeah. and link them up. Did what you, would we did look, you, what, maybe we could play one right now. That'd be good. Oh, like TV, did you get TV news coverage? Um, yeah, we we made it on the news. So there wasn't any pictures of. We me made it on the news. That's what everybody wants to do. Did hey, you get, why don't you oh, shoot yeah. yourself in the leg? Did you get in that trouble was exactly with exactly how I pictured my fifteen minutes of fame? Did you get in trouble with the law for any of this? Oh yes. And you still got a nurse to marry you. Yes. What did you, what What did the law do to you? Well, uh, I did thirty days and three years probation. Got two years hanging over my head, so if I screw it up, then... So this is fairly recently. And when did you get married? We got married last spring. How's your father like you? He's great. He loves you. What? You know, Jack, yeah. you could have... Uh, if you if you your aim blown had something been a else little off. to the right, you could have blown something else off. Yes, I am very aware of that. What do you have, In fact, uh, one of the other nurses took great pleasure in ripping what? out my hair while changing the dressings every day. <laughs> and we know hair wear. Um, Jack, what do you have that you were able to overcome all of these obstacles to win that nurse's heart? I really don't have a clue. What did she say when, when you were first uh, being attended to by her? What, what, what did you talk about? What did she ask about? Oh, we just... Just normal stuff. Um, How'd you get the gunshot wound? Just yeah. normal stuff. Breaking and entering. Yeah, you shooting yourself. Probation. There's nothing normal about this so yeah. far. She did leave me a note that said, uh, I can't remember exactly what it said, but when I was getting discharged and she knew that I wasn't going to be back in there, that um, if I wanted to uh, email her and not, I'm paraphrasing, stop randomly shooting myself. <laughs> basically grow up 
had to give her a ring. Did you have to go from the hospital to jail? Uh, no, I went home for a while. And then you had to go and to jail? Then you went to jail. Yeah. So you were dating by the time you went to jail. Did she come visit you in jail? Yes. Well, Jack, let me tell you something. That's a good woman. Hey, in jail, you know what I would do if I were you, Jack? I would have told the other cons, I'm in here and I got shot. You just dropped it at that. Yeah, you know but what don't I mean? tell them you did have it some, yourself. Have some street cred. Yeah. Did you do yeah. that? Did you do that? A little. A little. But by this point, he was all over the news. They all knew. Oh, yeah. Shot himself. This guy, this guy has a woman. Yeah, I know. Almost blew his you-know-what off. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I'm looking at a picture. It's a profile of a man, and the headline is Classy Debut for a King. And the picture is of King Charles III with his face on the first royal stamp. Have you seen the first royal stamp with Charles's picture on it? I think I saw it in my news feed, yeah. I glanced at it. It's a very simple crown-free design, by the way, which was favored by the king who wants to appear businesslike. Uh, he looks good in it. looks very good in it. David Gold from the Royal Mail said, It's simply the face of a human being on a plain background, almost saying, This is me, and I'm at your service, which in this age is rather humbling. I'm just wondering, you know, it looks good. It, I mean, it's very impressive. It's, oh, oh Punkin. If you're about to ask what you would do if you were king, you'd have that <laughs> ermine cape, the red velvet cloak, the giant crown, the the scepter, the jester, Putin, you'd have it all. Actually, I was going to say, I wonder if he's a stamp collector. That's and a lie. That is not what weird, you were And it would be weird that you're collecting your own face, you know. No, that is what I was going to say. What you brought up in your imagination of what I would do is is very, that's not humbling in my opinion. That's very insulting. Very insulting that I would have a fluffy cape or something on. Hey, hey Max. Yeah. Fluffy cape, velvet cloak, I would not have crown, a scepter, no. gesture. No. You know what? I, I tell you, I'll, I will admit to this. I would have on one of those cool red uniforms that he wears. I like that. I like oh, that. Underneath your velvet cape, fluffy ermine stole, giant crown. Well, there's going to be more than one stamp of picturing this. Yeah. I really am. There's going to be really more than am. one stamp of King Bob. Oh, oh I, I know the there's going to be more too. than one stamp of <laughs> yeah. King Bob. I think about every six months we'll have a new one out. Yeah. I hope Boy, King I Bob is your nickname up. for a portion of your anatomy because if it isn't going to you miss did you miss a little something something there? I can go a lot of different places with euphemisms right now, but I'm going to pass because I'll be King all gone. Bobby needs a little of royal King, attention. King Bobby <laughs> King Bobby is over here and the royal No, no, It's uh King Bobby and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.